Kids, hang on just for a minute because we've got a special video to show you. But if everybody could just turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And uh, if you're using this Bible, you grab down the way in. It's page 939. 939. Otherwise, you've got to find it for yourself. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. All right. And we'll also have the verses up here so you can follow along too. But if you need a Bible, be our guest. Take, take it. Uh, have at it. Take the Bibles home. If you, ever, if you ever want to study Bible, a more in-depth study Bible, let me know. We always can set you up with that too, okay? So the title for today, boy, we've already had so many great things. I have the, the worship, got the baptism video. But i got to say, Romans 3 is a great next step for this, this service. It's amazing. Jesus to the rescue. Jesus to the rescue, Romans 3, 21 to 25. Now, speaking of rescue, there was a dramatic rescue uh, recently involving Laura. She, we, there was a bunny trap, like in this little well thing with electrical stuff in our neighborhood, and she was able to see it. I couldn't see it, but she was able to see it, and then she was able to rescue it. So we're going to just show the rescue video here. What is it? A bunny. Is he stuck? Yeah. No, no, no. There he is. Come on, little guy, we gotta get you out of there. Come on. Got him, Laurel. You saved that baby bunny. Oh, that's a cute one. Now lay it down real careful. Lay it down real careful on the ground. Here we go. Lay it down. Lay it down. Let him hop out. Yeah, let him hop out. Lay it down. Lay that down around him. There you go. You gotta move it over so you can get out. There you go. There you go. You did it. You rescued him. Okay, now the kids can also be rescued. You can make your escape. <laughs> so, Jesus to the rescue. And we saw last week that we need to be rescued. Just like that bunny, we were trapped. We were rescued. The bad news, remember, we were stuck in our sin. We did the bad news, good news. We were stuck in our sin. We're lost. Because of that sin, we're lost now and for eternity, separated from God. We talked about all that. And it's impossible to get ourselves out of that mess. Just like that bunny could not get out, needed to be rescued. Uh, It's impossible to get out of this mess that we're in. We can't be good enough. We can't follow the law. If you didn't hear last week, go back and listen to that because this is the next step. But the good news is God could do something. And Jesus Christ did do something. We saw that last week with communion. He did do something. Awesome. Today, well, we talked about, we just alluded to the good news last week, but we're going to really dig in today to Jesus Christ's rescue and the amazing results for our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for the reminder of baptism and and what you've done in our life We pray now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, wherever we are, whether we're here or somewhere else, watching, listening. We pray that your Holy Spirit, if someone has never put their faith in Jesus, that today would be the day that they are rescued. And for all of us, that we would live free because of this passage, this Bible passage. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Romans 3, 21 to 25. And... uh, So, but now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that gained by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. 
He did it to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. We're going to hit verse 25 more next week. Wait till we get to that one. But we're going to really hit uh, really 21 through 24 and a little bit of 25 here. This, there are powerful doctrines in this passage, powerful, that will apply to, well, we're going to apply to our life. And these, these will change your life. If you can grasp these, these biblical truths, they will change your life in ways you can't even imagine. Unbelievable. We have to grasp these, though, first, fully grasp them, first of all. Verse 21, but now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the test, uh, prophets testify. First of all, but now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known. It was always by faith. We always say, we're going to see this, it's all, all throughout these verses, it's by, we're always saved by faith, from, from the start. A, Genesis 15, 6, remember? Abraham believed the Lord, and, it, and he credited to him as righteousness. From the start, it's always been faith, okay? Every time they sacrificed the lamb, Abraham sacrificed the lamb, every time the, the Israelites sacrificed animals, they were putting their faith, uh, they sacrificed this lamb, they are putting their faith in the blood sacrifice. They didn't fully understand exactly, but they knew God commanded it. They knew that blood sacrifice was paying for their sin, and they were putting their faith in the lamb's blood, or the blood of the sacrifice. There's different animals that were sacrificed. But he says, but now it's been made, made known. Paul says, now it's been made known exactly what they were doing all along. It was a type. A type. The lamb was a type, and the fulfillment has now been shown, been exposed, been explained to us. By faith, we, we, uh, by faith, they put their, uh, they trusted in the sacrifice of that lamb, but now we know who that lamb was. We know that now that we, they were, and we are trusting in the, Jesus Christ sacrificed for us. The Lamb, behold, the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. We know we're trusting in Jesus Christ's sacrifice for our sin. And that's what he's saying. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known. It's, it's always, it was always there, but now it's fully realized, fully exposed for people to understand. He says, to which law and the prophets testify. Where did they testify? In the Old Testament. But I don't like that word, Old Testament. I'm gonna, I, I think that, I, I think we should be calling it the foundational testament. The Old Testament is the foundational testament. It's not old, it's the foundation of our faith. Everything that you see in the New Testament, you can connect the dots, a thread goes back to the foundational testament. And we're not gonna call it the New Testament, I'm gonna call it the, the, uh, what did I call it? I got a method block. The, the, the fulfilled, the fulfilled testament. Testament. See, I'm going to have to remember this. Foundational Testament and the Fulfilled Testament. Because the foundational is all that's going to be coming, promised through Jesus Christ. And then it's been fulfilled in the what they used to call the New Testament. This is going to change. The whole country is going to be calling this. this. You know, foundational, fulfilled. I worked hard at this. All right, so... Uh, doesn't it sound better though? Doesn't it really? It's yeah. It's it's and it really explains what it is. It's the, what they call the Old Testament. We call the foundation. It's the foundation of our faith, and then it's been fulfilled in what they used to call the New Testament. I'm telling you, it's going to sweep it, sweep the country. Okay, so so the so foundational fulfilled. I'm going to try to remember it. So the foundational testament 
prepares us for the fulfilled testament, the prophecies, the, the types. There's many types that we've talked about, pictures. Types are pictures in the, in the foundational testament that are fulfilled in the fulfilled testament. And, and there's prophecies in the, the foundational testament here. He says the law and the prophets testify. The law of Moses and the prophets that came after, they testify about the coming Messiah. Hundreds and hundreds of, of prophecies about his death and resurrection are clearly taught and clearly predicted over and over again, which gives us so much faith to see thousands of years before Jesus, these incredible prophecies fulfilled, and, and they're still being fulfilled in our time, right? That's what gives us so much confidence in our faith. And, and it also talked about in the foundational testament our need to put our faith in Jesus. To, it was faith then. And it's faith now. It's always been faith. Verse 22, that he says this. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference. This righteousness from God being made right with God. Remember, we're stuck. We're trapped like that bunny. We can't get out. We can't get to God. We, but, but Jesus rescued us. We're going to see more about that. But, but we, we put our faith. In Jesus Christ, and that's how we're rescued. That's how we're made right with God. That's the righteousness from God. Uh, righteousness from God, we're made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ, by believing in him. The word in, in, the, in the Greek for believe means to, doesn't mean in intellectual. It means to put your total trust in, to depend on, to cling to. A good picture is a baby clinging to its mother when they're scared. Just cling, one hang on, we'll let go. That's what the picture of faith is. It's a picture that just clinging to us. We, we cling to Jesus Christ. That's when we put our faith in him. That is the gospel. That's the great news. Now get ready for some great doctrines, okay? We are made right with God by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. But this is, look, look at, listen to what the doctrines that follow here. First of all, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, <clears throat> that's not the encouraging one. It's coming. But <clears throat> this is an important doctrine. <clears throat> sin, the word sin literally means to what? Anybody know the... the, the Fall short, miss the mark. Fall short, miss the mark. It actually means to miss the mark. And the, pic, the, the picture is that, you're, that somebody's shooting with their bow and arrow, and they shoot, and they miss the mark. Okay? That's what it literally means, what sin literally means when shooting an arrow and missing the mark. On the farm, we did lots of bow and arrow shooting, right? Uh, lots of, you know, have, you know, we had set up these targets in the hay. And I, I remember one time we were all shooting our arrows. And I remember my, my sister, Phoebe, ran across as we were, I was getting ready to shoot. I'll never forget get it and she had this long blonde hair and she goes running through and I remember I was getting ready to shoot and she ran through and I shot and it went through her hair that was flowing behind her the arrow went right through the, her hair right? <laughs> it was her fault it was her fault uh, and, and then then we got bored with that and I remember we, I, I said hey, I got a new game we all went out in the middle of this hay field that my dad had just mowed right out by the house and I said okay everybody, we got all the neighborhood kids we got all, everybody together I, I said okay I'm going to shoot the arrow straight up and we're going to see whoever gets closest to loses. They're out for that game, you know. You could really lose that game, right? But I remember we come down, we're all running and screaming, you know. It come down, and whoever's close, they're out of the game, you know. Lucky for them. But anyway, uh, but it, 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 it's, you know, it, that's, but that's a picture of what our sin does. It's missing the mark. It's dangerous. It causes damage. It, can e- it even kills us. 
It's deadly. We didn't get anybody with the arrow, thankfully. I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be in some kind of reform school, prison, something. But anyway, but, <clears throat> but <clears throat> that's what sin does. It misses the mark. And we do crazy things, right? We, we shoot the arrows where they shouldn't be shot. We, we miss the mark. And it's dangerous and it's deadly. It, it's not just physically deadly sin, but it's spiritual death also. Because we are separated from God. Now and for eternity, we are spiritually dead. We are separated for eternity. We fall short of the glory of God. Verse 23. We fall short of his perfection. And, and I know... Chuck Harrison and the team, you know, Farah and Caleb, they all just got back from the shore and they're trying to talk to people who witnessed to them at the shore. And, and most people, I know what they were saying to them, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I, I'm not that bad. But, but even one sin misses the mark. Even, even if, now you know, we have millions of them by, if we live long enough, right? But, but even if there's one sin, it misses the mark of the holy God. We fall short of God's glory. Even one. But, but, but it, usually it's a lot worse. But when we miss the mark, it, 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 we, we can't even picture how dis- horrible sin is to God. And it's on us. It's horrible. I remember, uh, we, my, Brother Todd and I, we wanted to do some trapping some animals. Uh, we were going <clears> to, <throat> we were trying to catch animals, but my mom had the rule. We would do trapping, but out in the woods, it was really hard to get them. But up by the house and barns, that was my mom's preserve. You couldn't catch any, you couldn't shoot anything, remember? You know, you couldn't trap them. And, and I remember what we saw under the corn crib, a hole under our corn crib. And we're like, oh, there's an animal under the corn crib. Maybe it's a woodchuck, maybe, you know, the raccoon, whatever, you know, woodchuck, probably a woodchuck. So we set the trap and, and, uh, we came back and we said, Mom won't know because it was out, you know, behind the barn. This particular corn crib was out behind the barn. She's never going to know it. So I never forget. We got up the next morning. We were running out to see if we, what we caught. We had one of these little leg traps, you know, and it was a skunk. But it hadn't squirted yet, so we weren't in trouble yet. Because once my mom knows we trapped the skunk in her preserve or whatever it is, we're in big, big trouble. So I, I, I said to my, I went out and got my dad's 22 with a clip in it, seven, you know, bullets, and I handed to my little brother Todd. <laughs> I'm not going near a skunk, yeah. And so I said, now Todd, my, Todd's, Todd's, he's a, he's an amazing hunter. Now he can shoot anything anywhere. He's unbelievable, and uh, he, he's like, you know, would be a great, you know. Grizzly Adams, he's just crazy good with with the gun and and trapping and fishing and all that. And so he, I, but at this time he's just learning the ropes. And uh, and so I hand him the gun and he was young and I said, here's that's twenty two. I'm gonna stay here on the steps of the house and watch for mom. And if mom comes, I'll come and let you know. But you go out and shoot the skunk. But I said, but Todd, this is really important. You got to kill it on the first shot. If you don't get it on the first shot, we're dead. Because the whole farm's gonna smell like skunk, and and we're we're done, we're done. No more traps, no more guns, no more nothing. So I hand him my dad's twenty-two. Here we are, you know, taking my dad's twenty-two. He so Todd goes out there. You know, he, I can't even hold. He's maybe ten or something. He goes out there, and and I was maybe twelve, and he goes out there, and and I'm just waiting on the steps, thinking, come on, Todd, one shot, one shot. It was so tense, and I'm just also here. I don't smell anything. He got it. We got away with this. Oh, he's just making sure. He's probably just making sure. Seven shots. Seven shots. I could smell it from the steps. I'm like, no. Yeah. That's 
That's what happens, though. We think, ah, oh, no big deal, one sin. But you go into God's presence with just one missed shot. It's disgusting. It smells like a skunk to him. It's horrible. It's repulsive sin. He loves us, but sin is repulsive to a holy God. And we've all missed many marks, right? We've hit lots of skunks in our life, right? Uh, we, we really stink. And, and so and, and we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But we've got great news. Now we go to the good doctrine, the good news. Verse 24, uh, and are all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. All have sinned, but there's a way out for all who put their faith in Christ. Verse 25, we're going to really hit the faith part again. But the, look what it says. All are justified, justified. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the moment you say, God, I don't want my sin anymore. I repent. I put my faith in Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead to give me a new life. I give him my life. I put my faith and trust in him to forgive me and wash me clean by the blood of the lamb. The moment you do that, you are justified, justified. And most people don't really understand justification. Justification is a legal term. It's a legal term. It, it means to declare not guilty. When someone is justified, they're declared not guilty. It cancels the sin. But there's more to it. And this is what most people understand. It also means to, de- to declare not guilty and to declare righteous. It's not just not guilty, but it's also to declare someone righteous. That's why it talks about to be credited as righteousness in Romans. We, we're, actually, we're actually given the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Think of a presidential pardon. Uh, lots of people want their presidential pardons. We might see a lot of them soon. But anyway, they, you know, they want their presidential pardons. And, and, but when you get a presidential pardon, what happens? You're pardoned. You, you can no longer be you're let out of prison. You can no longer be, you know, prosecuted because of that, right? But what does everybody say? They're still bad, right? They don't forget what we've done. They, we, in, in, in most people's eyes, you still are just as bad as you were before you got the pardon, right? But this is way better than a presidential pardon because what... It does is not only are you for, not only are you declared not guilty, but you're declared righteous. You are absolutely faultless once you're justified. Think about that. It completely. It's not that you've been forgiven. You're you're faultless. You are completely declared righteousness. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And it's a legal declaration that comes here that we're completely innocent before the law. Completely. And we never did break the law. Justification. I always say this, just as if I never sinned. Think of the worst thing you ever did. If you put your faith in Jesus, it never happened. Now, uh, yeah, there may be earthly consequences. You, somebody might be still in prison or we might have earthly consequences, earthly consequences from something we've done. But it's been erased in heaven. In eternity. Erased. Crazy, right? No matter what we have done. There is no shame or guilt in God's presence. 
once you truly repent, and this isn't just, oh, I pray my prayer, God forgive me, I want to go to heaven, put my faith in you. No, once we truly repent, repentance means to walk the other way. Truly repent and say, I put my faith in Jesus, I give my life to him. Once we do that, we it, it's gone. There's no need to keep asking God to forgive us or something. You know how there's certain sins we just kind of keep asking God to forgive us? I mean, we know we are forgiven, but we're still feeling bad about it and shame and guilt. And so we, we keep bringing it up to God, saying, you know, God, you know, I'm really still, I'm really sorry about what I did. You know, we, I know nobody here does that, but you probably know someone like that, right? And, and, but that's crazy, because you know what God says? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Psalm 103.1, one of my favorites, it starts off with, a song. I'm, I'm trying to get into the group here now. Um, here we go. You can help me with it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You know what I'm talking about? And then it goes on to say, for he has done great things. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. And then we stop the song and we don't, we're not really thinking about what he's done. But you go down through Psalm 103 and you see what he has done, especially verse 12, where it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Amen. How far is that? Infinite. That's what he's done. So don't remind God of If you've really repented, forget about it. Rubbing an eraser on your head because God has done that. Right? Doesn't mean we don't have to make things right when we can, if we can. But, but, but this, this over between us and God. And the best part of this justification is it's free. Justified Freely by, verse 24, justified freely by his grace. Justified freely by his grace. Freely by his grace. Uh, uh, freely, and then by his grace, what does his grace mean? Undeserved favor, unmerited favor. It's a gift. Grace means gift. So free gift, doesn't it seem ridiculous to say free gift? What other kind of gift is there? But he's driving a point home. It's free. It's free. The double emphasis, there's no mistaking it. Free grace and free gift. It's completely free. One of my favorite songs, I'm going to need my team to help me on this one, is at Calvary, the, the hymn at Calvary. Um, Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon, there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. And did you hear that first line again? Mercy there was great and grace was free. That's what it's saying. That song is powerful. Mercy there was great and grace was free at Calvary. But it wasn't free for Jesus. It's free for us. You can't work your way to salvation. You can't earn God's righteousness. You can only take the gift by faith. But it wasn't free for Jesus. In verse 24, it says this, Justified freely 
by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Through the redemption. There was redemption involved here. This word is taken from the slave markets. And Paul is using this word because it means to set somebody free who is a slave. Set them free by paying a ransom. That's redemption. The Romans would conquer vast territories and then take all the people's slaves and sell them as slaves. Uh, listen, all throughout history, history has taught us everything, is that we have all been involved in slavery. Everyone did the same thing. Uh, from Genesis through Revelation, slavery is in Genesis and it's in the book of Revelation. Uh, it's in the foundational and the fulfilled testament. It's, it's all the way through. It's part of the, the fallen human nature. Everyone has been involved. We, have, we all have slavery in our family tree. And I'm not talking about just we all have, have family uh, ancestors that have been slaves. And we all have ancestors that have had slaves, slave masters. Every person here. Listen, if you study history, you know that every culture and every color has practiced slavery and still practices slavery. It's everywhere. It's the fallen. It's, the, it's, the, it's not racial. It's the human race. It's the sin of the human race. And it's horrible. Horrible. That's why we, I encourage everybody to go watch the cry for freedom. There's a whole new sick form of slavery being practiced. But, but every culture, every color has practiced widespread slavery throughout all of history. It, and it's going to be to the end of history until Jesus comes and wipes it out in the book of Revelation. But Rome was one of the worst. They were brutal. They conquered the whole world. They had more slaves than, than free people in the Roman Empire. Brutal. I've talked a lot about that in, recently when we went through Romans 1, right? Uh, but if you had a friend or relative who had the means, they could come and, and pay for your release. They could redeem you. That's what Jesus did for us. He redeemed us. He released us from slavery, slavery to sin, slavery to Satan, slavery to guilt, slavery to judgment, slavery to the world. Jesus Christ set us free. When I was a youth pastor, one of our, my favorite songs with the <clears throat> youth group was a song called I've Been Redeemed. Anybody remember that one? Sang it thousands of times on bus rides and <clears throat> with a microphone up front. And I'm going to jog your memory here. It goes... Um, you, you're supposed to repeat the first two lines and sing together, but if you know how this goes, it goes like this, like this. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Now everybody, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Filled with the Holy Ghost I am. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. And then just come some cute ones like, oh, you can't get to heaven. In dirty jeans. Oh, you can't get to heaven in dirty jeans. Oh, you can't get to heaven in dirty jeans. Because God don't got no washing machines. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. One I made up. This is my own one I made up. It still goes for today. Oh, you can't get to heaven. Smoking all that grass. Oh, you can't get to heaven. Smoking all that Gray, yeah, yeah, so you can't get to heaven smoking all that grass. You'll get so high, you'll float right past. All my sins are washed away, I've been redeemed. There's hundreds of those verses, I know them all. But the point is, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
And that is exactly what this is. Jesus redeemed us out of slavery. He paid our ransom. How did he pay it? Verse 25 says this, just like the song says, says God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. His blood. It was a sacrifice of atonement. Some of your versions out there might say propitiation. Some of the older translations, propitiation. The root for atonement and propitiation, the root is the mercy seat. That's the root of that word is the mercy seat. Remember the mercy seat in the tabernacle and then it became the temple and then the the Ark of the Covenant. And on top of the Ark, you all watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, on top was the, the mercy seat. And that was where, where the idea is where, where God sat and, and, and gave them mercy. And, and the idea of the mercy seat is satisfaction. Satisfaction. Every year there was a day, the year of atonement, and they would take the sacrificial animal's blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. And when they sprinkled that blood on the mercy seat once a year, there was other sacrifices all the year, but once a year, day of atonement, they actually took it into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled it on the mercy seat, and that provided satisfaction. Satisfaction for God's righteous wrath. God's righteous wrath against sin. You know how you feel when you see something really bad happen? You have wrath, righteous wrath, right? This whole The Cry for Freedom movie that a lot of you have already seen. We're going to see it tonight with the youth group. It makes you mad. But God, think of his righteous wrath against all of our sin. And this sprinkled on the mercy seat was a temporary providing satisfaction for God's righteous wrath against sin. It was temporary because man is separated from God by sin. So this sprinkle in the blood involves the idea of removing wrath by offering a gift, a blood sacrifice. But we have no gift to give. We have no acceptable sacrifice to make. Because we have all missed the mark. We've, we've missed the mark. Our gift, if we brought it to him, our, our life, if we brought it to him, it would stink. It would, it would stink, stank, stunk like a skunk. That's what it would smell like in God because of our sin. So God had to sacrifice his one and only son. Perfect. Son, never missed the mark, son. He had to sacrifice him in our place. Jesus Christ is a substitute sacrifice. He's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. His blood sprinkled was the final sprinkling. Once and for all. No more. It's done. And our mercy seat now is what? The cross. The cross is our mercy seat. We come to the cross where the blood of Jesus Christ has been shed. And the result of this is a sacrifice of atonement. Verse 25, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement. That's what happened. Jesus' death and resurrection turned away God's wrath for us and brought us back to God. 
and, and, and its result is the atonement. When the English fulfilled testament, the New Testament was being translated into English, William Tyndale, when he was doing that, he was translating this into English, and he had trouble explaining propitiation. He had trouble explaining this, what Christ did here in, in, in Romans chapter 3. He had trouble explaining it in one word. He, there was no English word for it. You know what he did? He invented a new word. He took two words, at one minute. Two English words, at one minute. Atonement is really at one minute. We're now at one with God. It's now possible through, our, through Jesus Christ. It is now possible. You, Yom Kippur, every year, the, you might have Jewish friends, the observant Jews. They celebrate the, the, the Day of Atonement every year still. They still do it. They give up eating and drinking and sleeping. But, but there's no temple yet, so they can't sacrifice a lamb anymore, which they don't need to do anyway. We know that. But they can't. So what do they sacrifice now? A chicken. They put, they, they, the sins are symbolically placed on a chicken because they can't sacrifice a lamb without a temple. It's against the law. It's against the Jewish law. But you know what? There's no need anyway, is there? There's no need because Jesus has already atoned for our sins. We can already be at one meant with God already. How? Verse 25, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Faith in his blood. Jesus gave his blood in our Place he shed his blood for us. Some people give lots of blood over their lifetime. Uh, I know Bob Bob Cunningham gives lots of blood. I asked him how many he did. He's given over ten gallons of his blood over his life, and he saved many lives have been saved because he gave that blood. But Jesus gave all of his blood, every drop, and it was enough to save every human being in history. If they'll put their faith in him, it's enough to save the whole world. If they'll put their faith in him. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you ever put your faith in his death on the cross for you? Are you redeemed or are you still a slave? Are you justified or are you still in your sin? Are you still under God's wrath or are you free? John three thirty six. John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. We all have to make that choice. Do you want to be at, do you want to be free from the wrath of God? Do you want to be at one with God? You can do that right now. Back it up a couple verses, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can have that right now. We're going to pray in just a minute. You can have that right now. Right now you can put your faith in Christ in your heart right now. Are you living free? Christians, you've already taken that step. Are you living free? Are we living free? Are we still carrying the guilt? Are we still carrying the shame? Uh, I remember a movie years ago, Flatliners, the original one with Kiefer Sutherland, the real one. And uh, <clears throat> Kiefer was tortured by something bad he had done in, when he was a kid. He had 
hurt someone and actually killed them. It was an accident, but he was being a bully. The kid died. It was terrible. He was haunted by this. And, and the, what they were doing is they were actually dying. They were you know, doing something. I was shot or something. And uh, they were dying and then being resuscitating you know, with a, you know, a shot to the heart to wake them up again, jolt them again, adrenaline something. I don't know. But, but the idea is every time they went back in, they were, went back to something they had done wrong in their life, and they were able to fix it. They were to make it right somehow, usually by experiencing punishment during that time. Then they came out, and then they were at peace. And he went, he, he wanted to make this right, so he went, let them kill him. They were all medical students. He, they let them kill him, and while he's there, the little boy that he killed ended up killing him back in this dead state. And then the kid was happy, and he smiled, walked away, and, and, but they couldn't bring Kiefer back. They left him too long. He was locked in, but they were trying so hard hitting him and doing, you know, jolting him and sh- giving him shots. And finally, he breathes, he comes back, and he's at peace now. He found his peace by going back to this day. Listen, we don't need to do that. First of all, it's not a good idea. But second of all, it, it, we don't need to do that. There's no need. Jesus Christ has already flatlined for three days. And he was resuscitated, resurrected to atone everything. It's, it's already atoned for. It's already washed away if we'll put our faith in him. And, and that, that is a, a promise that we have. Another hymn that came to mind as I was doing this. I don't usually sing, but uh, I'm trying out for this group, as you can see. But, uh, uh, but, but it's, I'm not going to, you're going to help me with this one. But, but it, it is well with my soul. Listen to one of the verses. It says this, my sin Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well. With my soul, because our sin, not in, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. And in that that that, I would just want us to lock in to write somewhere, just as if I never sinned. Put it on your phone. Write it on your mirror in the house. Put it on the refrigerator, wherever you go the most. Put it and and and, and it just just as if I never. Sinned, and then move forward because of that. Because as Christians, we we must live free. Don't let the memories. You know, when we feel guilty about that, what does it do to us? It pulls us down, right? It pulls us back into the something the missing the mark that we did. It, don't let the memories. Don't let the shame. Shame works like that too. First of all, it's just shame, and next thing you know, we're thinking about that sin. It, it's the shame. Don't let the shame, don't let the temptation pull you back down or in again. Don't let that happen. Uh, one of the, my favorite books we have on the shelf, and many of you have read it five times, Victory Over the Darkness by Neil Anderson. Read it. Read it again. Mark it up. Read it again. It, it shows that, that we, we, we can't, we got to live free. We have victory over the darkness. And, and what I, I always use the, the R's, you know, the reading, writing, arithmetic. I have four R's for Christians. It's repent, renounce, resist, and renew. Those four are vital. Just remember, and, and I'll use a dog illustration to help you remember this. You, you have a dog on a leash, 
and he doesn't want to go where you're going. He sees a squirrel. What does he do? Boom. And you're like, oh, he was going this way, and now he's pulling you that way. He has repented. Repent means to go this, be going this way, and you turn and you go the other way. That dog has repented. That's what we need to do with our sin. But it's not enough just to repent because the dog wants a squirrel, but he isn't going anywhere because you've got to hold a leash, right? That's where renouncing comes in. The Bible talks about renouncing our sins also. But whoever renounces their sin finds mercy in, in uh, Psalm 28, 13. Uh, and I think I got that right. And, and renounce means to break the hold, break the, the connection, break the tie. When you renounce something, you're not just going the other way, but you actually break its hold on you. And the dog goes so hard that he rips the the the. the, the uh, the leash break. Let's say he breaks the leash. Now he's off chasing his squirrel. He's free. You know, the squirrel's in trouble, but he's free. And and so so that's what we have to do with sin. It's not enough to just repent, but we have to break its hold on us. We have to renounce it. And then what if your dog gets loose? What do you try to do? Catch him again, right? And you, you're chasing him. You're trying to hook the collar, another leash on the collar. And he, he, he's trying not to let you do it. He's trying to get away. We have to do the same thing. We have to resist. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We have to resist. Don't let Satan reconnect us. Don't let, don't let sin get a hold of us again. We have to resist. And then this is really important. We have to renew. It's, it's not enough just to fight, but we have to renew. Do not be... Uh, conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to be renewed. And that's where the victory over darkness is such a helpful book on this. But, but that, that's so important that we repent, renounce, resist, renew. Very, very important. Uh, uh, but the first step, the first step is you have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. We have, that's the first step to freedom is putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Maybe you're here today or watching or listening and you've never... You've never taken that step of faith, putting your faith in Jesus Christ... But you can, at this very moment, be just as if you never sinned. Just as if I never sinned. At one with God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. It's in your heart that it happens. In your heart. But I always encourage people to, to say a prayer just to put an exclamation point on it. The, the simple prayer of faith, but it's not simple, it's powerful. That God, I repent. I repent of everything in my life that has separated me from you. Please forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I put my faith in his death on the cross to set me free. I put my faith in his resurrection to give me a new life. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus Christ.
If you have put your faith in Jesus, something amazing has happened. You've been redeemed. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost, just like the song. You've been set free. You've experienced at one You've been justified. It's incredible. You're in for the shock of your life. When you, when you now read the word of God, it's going to be alive to you. And it's going to have the power to transform you and renew you. I want to encourage you to let somebody know you've taken that step of faith. Commit to that. You Maybe you have a family member or a friend here. Maybe you know someone who's been praying for you or talking to you about Jesus. Tell somebody today. Tell me on the way. If you don't have anybody to tell, tell me. I'll be excited for you. But tell someone so that we can be excited for you and encourage you in your new life in Christ. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Will you pray the prayer that God... Help me to live just as if I've never sinned. I want to live just as if I've never sinned. Father, whatever is hurting our fellowship, breaking our fellowship, we can't be separated again, but whatever is hurting our fellowship, Lord, convict us and empower us. Convict us and help us to, to break free and live free. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.